Welcome to another edition of Feinbolt. I am your host, Jeffrey Feinbolt. We talk all things in the world of Chargers football. Let's get right into it. Fired up after a big win this week, a much-needed win, a win to avoid a losing streak that certainly could have sent the season in a different direction. And up next, the Vikings. It honestly... People can consider the Vikings a joke, but I'm definitely afraid of this matchup. And truth be told, part of me thought the schedule was going to get easier. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Because everyone the Chargers play can just run the football on the Chargers. Oh, man. Watching games can be frustrating at times. I'm going to get into it all. My feelings on just about everything coming up right now here on Mayo Media Network. But yeah, decompressing that Eagle game, I don't know if the Chargers are lucky to win um, or they were fortunate or unfortunate that the game was so close. But they're having real a real hard time getting off the football field right now. And that is making life for the Chargers very difficult. I can't remember the last time they won first down. It has been quite some time. Everyone seems to be playing second down from second and six and second and five. And if we can accomplish forcing anything above third and two, it feels like an incredible success. (laughs) So we'll get into all of that. I guess I already started to get into that. I don't want to go too deep without really saying how great I thought the special teams played last week. Maybe the best special teams performance in quite some time. And that includes a missed extra point. Uh, You know, Staley's got a knack of making up for the extra points by going for two. And I'm pretty sure our two-point conversion rate has been um, quite exceptional this year, I've got to say. I don't have the actual stat. That is just my perception uh, of it. But Andre Roberts, a couple nice kick returns. Hopkins, a big winning kick. Uh, but mainly the kick returns and their ability to tackle on special teams. First contact tackling, that, that made a big difference. Roberts getting us 10, 15, 20 yards uh, on a couple kicks. That's the difference. Great deal of help. Great deal of help. I would honestly say my biggest concern, though, at the moment, clearly the run defense, watching the defense. I can't sit down when we're on defense. It's literally just like a torture chain. It really does make you think it's all Justin Herbert. And I am probably, okay. People from the outside, maybe not Charger fans who may have had, you know, full, clear, zero bias views of anything going on with the Chargers. Could have said it was always Herbert, just like it's always every quarterback. But I, I really had some hopes, higher hopes of the defense. Um, We knew the defense was undermanned in certain situations. But just as an example, the the compliment to Joey Bosa, who's getting like two and a half guys, double teamed every play. Uh, They're always accounting for Joey. And we're just not getting it from Frackle and the other guys on, on the edge. We're just not getting it. We're not getting that support pass rush opposite the elite pass rush. So that is that is that is bad. That is causing some problems. A lot of just misses. And, and you know, her, I, I thought Hertz played well, other than some early misses and, and a couple. There were a couple bad misses, but I really did think Hertz played well. And I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. 
uh, going back. I was very bullish on, on him for, for the season. It's like a lot of people, mainly from a fantasy perspective, but this was like the closest I probably watched him outside of a primetime game since he's been the Eagle quarterback. Remember, he got benched in that one last year at the end. And, you know, maybe since some big, you know, TV college games. But I was really impressed with Jalen. And I think the Eagles definitely have their quarterback there. But we'll, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they feel about that. But we're all Herbert. And what I mean by that is, like, it's official. Like, as far as I'm concerned, for this season, we will only go as far as he can take us. Because there are deficiencies. There are too many deficiencies to be a well-rounded football team. <clears throat> that can win without being carried by its quarterback at the moment. And don't get me wrong, they're great players and weapons on the offense, but we will go as far as Justin will take us and his ability to facilitate all of that. And I don't want to be hard on Bosa. Bosa makes his plays every game. Like, Bosa's still meeting his quota. I don't really dispute that, at least certainly by the eyeballs, by the, by the grades. I have no issues um, with Bosa. I can't even complain about Derwin. Complaining about Derwin would honestly be like complaining about a single mother of seven who goes to work, has her kids dressed for school, has food on the table every single day at dinner time, is, at, is, is home after school to help them with their homework, and then goes back to work. Like, he's doing seven jobs. So I, I, I can't blame him. I will say there is like a lack of, it feels unfair to say it, but between having Derwin and Bosa, I want to say we're getting not as many like kaboom game-changing plays that I would think those two would create, but I don't know that there's anything else around them. Right? I mean, Derwin made that play. There were a few times I got really jacked up at that Chargers-Patriots game I got to go. The most jacked up I probably got in that whole game was that Derwin run stuff on like a third and one, and he made it like a third and three where Bill had to punt, and it was a one-score game or even like a one- or two-point game at that point. Um, yeah, that was the most excited I think I got at the Charger game I was at. And I'm not debating Derwin's abilities in every facet. And even his ability to make the quarterback think an extra quarter second, half second when he calls snap. What's Derwin doing? Because we know we're disguising it. We're not doing the greatest job, or they just know that they can go other places. Because even if Derwin's doing five jobs, there's still five plus others that someone isn't doing. And then Derwin's doing five jobs, but can if he could just be able to do two and a half jobs, he could do those jobs so much better. So that's on us. That's on the team. Um, you know, every new coach that you believe in, you, you know, it's easy. Maybe it's a cop-out, but I truly believe when I say Staley deserves. When you're a new coach, you have your chance to bring in players you believe will fit your system, but it's also – you have to evaluate the players that are there and then adjust and say, no, these guys aren't good enough. I need to bring in guys who can do that. You know, and I could see, you know, the guys out there are, are like, it's great to hear about how well Linvel's playing, you know, hearing Staley speak about him, because I'll be honest, like watching games on TV and watching us get berated up front. There are times where it's like, what is Linvel doing? But 
you see the deeper dives and you see the what's going on and he he's not playing as bad as I think and that Justin Jones motor you watch his mic'd up this week that the Chargers do put out you know they get a lot of content out there not the Monday press conference I don't even know if I want to rant on that in this show because I did a really good job in Mayo show but as it pertains to the Staley pressers and the Chargers if I don't get them next week no, we're going to do a contest on Sunday night. I'm going to have to give away. I'm essentially going to be giving away Herbert cards until they fix it. Until they fix it. And what I mean by that is, listen, I could say, guys, go message the Chargers. Ask them where the Monday pressers are. And I don't doubt a few of you will do that for me. And if you would just be like, Feinberg, I'm not right. Like, I'm not. I'm not polluting my own feed my own social media feed so you can get a message across what's going on my eye hope everything's okay i'm not allowing you to pollute my social media feed i'm not i'm not allowing you to do that with your personal agenda so I'll have to give something away. So there's an incentive for you to potentially pollute your feed. And I might start big with the like quality of card I'll give away. But cards are going to start being given away again. And you can get a you can get a ballot into the draws for I'm sure liking and subscribing to Mayo Media and, and this show, but you'll get 12 ballots for chirping the chargers on behalf of me. It's just really, he's such a, I've never heard a coach speak as articulate and respectful and, and so well thought as him when he answers questions. And I love the crew over there right now. I've been hard on like charger beat writers in the past, but I'm a big fan of the current crew that they have. Popper, Gilbert, Fernando, Joe. Jeff, um, yeah, I think they're a good crew and they ask good questions off each other's questions. So I enjoy the Charger, the in Charger pressers greatly. There's great questions, there's great answers. I didn't miss the horrible ones with the horrible coaches who are insulting and dismissive. So you watch one Staley presser, you'll be like, no wonder Feinberg, Feinberg loves the Chargers. No wonder these. In good or bad games, these 10 to 20 minute hits of Staley being thoughtful uh, and respectful and, and giving the time with good questions being asked, in my opinion, I, I would say if the questions were shit, like even in a world where we get the pressers, I want subtitles on the questions or I want me because sometimes you can't hear the questions clearly. That's what I liked about zoom days is in all zoom press conferences. You heard the question so much clearer than I do now in, in sort of, um, you know, especially in like a post game setting, there's like just background noises or other reporters and obviously the coach and the people there can hear, but so you hear the coach answer and you try to formulate what that question might have been, or sometimes you're lucky enough to hear it. But everything, yeah, I don't know. You're a hardcore fan of the team and you don't watch your coach's press conferences? So I don't do things half-assed. This could all just boil down to the fact that 
that that I told y'all. I told y'all. I'm not getting crazier. You are just getting to know me better. I'm literally just doing something I've done my entire life. Well, like since the internet age, but I remember listening to audio ones on, dude, like way back, like AOL days. Man, yeah, no, this is a thing. This is a thing for me. So like long before you got to know me or watch me or follow me, you know, I've been watching charge oppressors, all of them, but at least the head coach, all of them. So that's what I like to do. That's it. I don't know why that's why that we do not talk about it. Um, yeah. So we're getting healthy at the front seven. It looks like we're fully healthy front seven. I don't know that we're going to be healthy on the back end though, friends. Right. Davis looks like he's out again. Uh, clearly coach said that's more of a week to week thing. And, and we're looking at next week. Sunday night versus the Steelers. Sunday night versus the Steelers. Um, and and I don't know. Asante's still in protocol. And I tell you, this goes another week. I'll start to get really concerned because there's concussions where guys are just good and out of them in a couple days, and that's cool, and they're fine. They clear protocol, and they're right back at it. And then there's ones that just are lingering and, and are real problems. And then the next one becomes a really scary situation. So I really hope we can get good news before the end of the week on, on Asante. And Chris Harris, you know, is the number one corner. We're just not there anymore. We're just not there anymore. Fantastic complimentary player on the back end of his career. But this is not the receiving core to be down our top two corners. Fred Smith is out. I don't know, guys. I don't know, I'm real concerned. They're going to score. They can score quickly. They could score not quickly. I don't know. If the Vikings have one more punch in them, we could be in a big problem. The Viking, if the Vikings are demoralized as shit, then maybe we can catch them. But my also concern is they could be demoralized and they'll get to that game and the crowd will be 80% in their favor and that'll motivate them. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But because of the state of our run defense and the injuries in the secondary, there's not a team that every matchup presents itself as a potential bad matchup. And a lot of games now are going to be this, just keep the ball away from us. And we, they can do whatever they want. Run for four and a half on first down, run for four and a half on second down, and then two downs to convert third. Like, we're in just trouble right now in that. So Herbert's really got to carry us. That's not a joke. And that's not a secret, and that's not a bold take. But one thing that would be nice, one thing that would be nice, it would be nice. I said, I talked about it on Mayo Show because it's so important to me. It's so important to me. The last five Charger touchdowns, friends, have been answered with an opponent touchdown right away. And I know Staley's a huge basketball guy and he's all about his basketball analogies, but this comes right out of the baseball analogy playbook. You got to get the hold. You got to get the hold. We, our offense is good. We're great. We can be great offensively. Score, stop, score. Then we make two score games. They can feel less inclined to think they can just run the ball on us and milk clock because they need clock for themselves now. Do you know what I mean? I'll recite it again. 7-0 Patriots became 7-7. 14-7 Patriots became 14-0. Like, on the next drive, 
not later in the game. I can respect that at some point an opponent will tie the game. I'm not an idiot. Oh, about other sure, but you know what I mean. Like that's not fair. That's not an unfair request. And then the Patriot game just got lost from us from there. And then the Eagle game, seven nothing Chargers, where they get they get it right back. They get it right back. Don't want to discount we went like 98 yards and didn't score, but it obviously set up three and out, which was rare. And thank God we got that one at the start of the game or near the start, second possession, maybe. That might have been our first possession. We got them off the field their first two possessions, but we couldn't get them off the field again. And then, yeah, seven nothing Chargers became seven all right away. 17-10 Chargers right away becomes 17 all. 24-17 Chargers. The great Herbert run. Saw it quickly. Saw his lane. Hit it. Came 24-24. You make one hold, we go up two scores. Kind of can just change the games a bit. <laughs> so that's what we got to find. That's what I am most hoping to accomplish. Well, not ho- I mean, listen, I want to fix a lot of things. But that would be great. That would be great. And just, I, I've spoken a lot about the defense, offensive notes. Not even a big Justin Jackson fan, but when he's out, I miss him. If Josh Kelly could just never touch the ball again. I, I think I'd be satisfied. And that like eight yard pitch sweep toss shit to him on a fourth and two, going like six yards backyard, backwards with that guy. Man. No, 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 no. They were committed to that toss sweep, eh? A Canadian, they were committed to it. They kept running it. They made the Eagles want to know we were going to throw it, and and we we run enough. Staley, we got to run enough. You got to run enough for them to respect it. We do all kinds of different runs. I don't not respect that. I think we could chill on some second and ten runs. I think we could chill, but I don't know. I guess Staley looks at some second and tens as you know as he says it first, like it's first down because he's going for it on fourth down, kind of. So in some ways, maybe he thinks it's like first and 10. That'd be my only like real beef. And I don't, I don't, I'm not here to throw beefs. With the coaching has been consistent and I've enjoyed it, especially where we've come from. So Mike, I don't have really any complaints yet. I would hope as we get into double digit weeks on the season that the defensive <coughs> minded coach can um, help us win a first down or two. So there's that. But back to the offense, we kept feeding the tight ends in the flat, right? You see that? Anderson, um, um, Cook, just the big plays with tight ends in the flat. You know, Parham's had so much success in the flat, and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that. The Eagles finally caught on later. They were kind of able to put a stop to it. But we kept going back to it until they figured out, no, stop it. Because they made a big spy on one of them later in the game where like they knew it was coming and cook caught it for a yard. We milked that cow pretty good, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So Staley's about that. You ain't going to cover it. You ain't going to fix it. You ain't going to adjust to it. We'll keep feeding it. And when you do adjust to it, we'll go somewhere else. As simple, as simple as that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bolt gang. I don't bang. This will be a big game. Like we can get that two win or sorry, we can get that three win gap on 500 Sunday night or versus the Steelers next week. Let me do one minute here. I don't have any, the Viking game. I, I'm concerned. 
I've spoken about it. I don't really have a preview. Like it's Justin Herbert versus a team that can like they'll be able to do whatever they want. And we got to find a way to make a big play on defense. Derwin's doing five jobs. Joey's got getting support from the other side, but maybe one big, one big turnover, something big that can change the game for us on defense. And let's go. Cause we can demoralize the Vikings. We can demoralize them. They're a team that, then get demoralized in the way that fourth quarters have been bad for them. They've really worked for the chargers this year. Right. Uh, you know, late when Justin Herbert's got four game winning drives per people week one versus Washington week three versus Kansas city. The, the, the Brown game, we scored with under, a touchdown with under a minute to go last week. It's no Mike White, but it's a pretty good player. That is a pretty good player we got, and we're gonna ha- we're only gonna go as far as he's gonna take us. We're only gonna go as far as he's gonna take us, and and uh, you know, I like so many levels of the talent of this team. I go back and forth if I wish they acquired a defensive tackle, and you know, I, I don't know who was available. It seemed like teams were talking to the Eagles about Fletcher Cox. That would have been a nice one. Maybe the wrinkle of us playing the Eagles a couple days later made that like an even harder trade for the Eagles to want to make, but I think it's a talented team. I think the roster isn't thin and I think we can give up a draft pick, but you know, that's easy for me to say at home and potentially not respecting certain, certain contract, certain contract situations that could be coming down the pipeline for the chargers. Um, so with that being said, you know, I'll do respect those rookie minimum guys on that second year, that's that second round pick, that third round pick, that fourth round pick. I think what we don't realize from the outside, you know, we just see it as a young player to come and, and replenish the team and replace other players and have ceilings to be stars all-stars but the team also sees a chance to get a guy that can play a role on your team at a cheap contract that is locked in um you know at, at, at like the what asante samuel's production has been versus like a veteran corner um around the league making like seven eight times more than him right these third round picks, I think the second round picks come with the three-year deals. So they have a chance to cash in quicker on, on outplaying their rookie deals, but it's, it's stability. It's a guy that, that you can trust on the football field, making very little money and teams enjoy that aspect of it. Now, most will say, you know, the draft picks don't hit a lot. So there's that part of it too. And you put a, a young player on the football field who's not good and inexperienced. I don't care what team you cheer for. We've all experienced that. And the higher you draft them, the more patient you got to be with them. I've said a lot at the end here. I don't really know what I did. Um, not really related to anything as it pertains to the Chargers. I guess their draft capital. I think there's a move though. I think there's bolts in the chamber. I mean, obviously the deadline is over, not for this year, but for them to continue to be fun and, and aggressive and, and add to what I believe is a talent-rich team, but at the same time quite flawed. 
you know, to be perfectly honest, we feel like a Big Ten football team right now with a couple stars on defense who will be like first and second round picks in the NFL draft. Like we feel like a Big 12 team with a great safety who's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You know what I mean? But we're still giving up burgers every game. That being said, the points per lot, I'm picking on the defense, but the points per game allowed based on the offense we had, you know, hasn't been debilitating all but the Brown game, which the team was able to overcome anyway. I've ranted. I'm out. God bless our veterans. Um, I'm embarrassed. I'm not wearing a poppy. It's incredibly bad and shameful form by me. So I'm, I actually feel great shame. Shame on you, Feinberg. Uh, but let's get it. Let's get it. We got the we got the steel, Steelers and Giants at home after the Vikings. Man, we're about to be dwarfed by crowds. That that's going to be ugly. That's going to be ugly. Vikings at home this week. It's a game that should never exist. It's a crossover extra game to the schedule because we have no business playing the Vikings this year at all. The, the extra game on the schedule for us is this game. I'll be petitioning on Sunday night. It doesn't exist. I don't know why I'm not so confident. It's a demoralized Vikings team. Feinberg should be feeling good. He's not confident. I'm Feinbolt. Thank you, Mayo Media Network. Catch it all. Myself, Tim, and Pat, or I should say Pat, myself, and Tim, and the coin threw it down this week. Pozzola and Cam and Pat. Pat, Pozzola, and Cam. Should, maybe the, the namesake. I should put a head. You know, he should be first. He's first on the banner. The network's named after him. Um, so Pat, Pozzola, and Cam will be here later in the week with the best show Mail Media Network has to deliver. Um, don't forget to catch that one. It'll drop on Fridays. And we'll be back next week talking more Feinbolt. Prime time, baby! Under the lights, Sunday night, the elite prime time game. That'll be us. Sunday football, feed up, enjoying all the action. Hopefully division breaks our way. And then we take on the Steelers on Sunday night. Oh, that'll be a fun one. I went to a Steeler Chargers primetime game at the Qualcomm years ago. Rivers in the powder blue. We won that game. I sat beside. It's amazing how bad visiting family get their seats. You saw that whole Jordan Loves thing. I was like deep in the upper bowl. I was beside Paul Malu's family. They told me they thought the Chargers were going to draft him. I think the Steelers were like the pick before they came up. They took it. That's history. Imagine those those good old school Charger LT playoff teams with Paul Malu, USC boy, SoCal. Script could have been different. Could have been different. Chargers probably still be in San Diego. They drafted Paul Malu. Silly, but if you take that extra step winning, you kind of win those ballots that get you the stadium. Sort of how it works. Um, okay, I'm out. Love y'all. Fine, Bolt. Out.